Welcome to 66 Days, the podcast. 66 being the average number of days it takes to make a behavior automatic. At 66 Days, we believe that you can make fitness a habit, and that means letting your subconscious do all the heavy lifting. Each episode, we'll be diving into one of many topics revolving around fitness, nutrition, recovery, habits, and subconscious reprogramming. If you're new to this podcast, we're stoked to have you. And we highly recommend that you check out our previous episodes to learn more about habits and fitness. For our subscribers and regular visitors, thanks so much for sticking with us and helping make this podcast more awesome each week. If you enjoy what you hear, definitely like, rate, subscribe, and share this with friends and family to help more people learn about how they too can make fitness a habit. I'm your host, Abiyam Mosadia, and today we'll be looking at how to make good habits stick. You're listening to 66 Days, the podcast. It's one thing to make the effort to initiate a brand new habit, and it's another to make it stick. We've covered a bunch of ways that you can start new habits using methods like time and location and latching new habits to ones that you already have using habit stacking. But in order to make a habit stick, we have to look at the way the human brain works. And it's pretty simple. Think about how we think when we see something that looks good or something that made us feel good in the past. We're attracted to it. And the same goes for habits. We have to enjoy it. It has to look attractive to us, and it must be satisfying to do. If you're able to nail these three points, then you'll crave it, and hence complete the habit loop of cue, craving, routine, and reward. Anticipating a reward is powerful, and our goal is to make this innate dopamine-fueled body reaction to our advantage to making good habits stick. When it comes to fitness, there's honestly just like, two things that you really need to pay attention to, and that is nutrition, first and foremost, and exercise. And being a multi-billion dollar industry, it wouldn't surprise you if I were to tell you that these two are probably the hardest things to work on, and that we as humans have come up with over a million excuses as to why those two are just too difficult to incorporate into our lives, let alone approach them. Hence the reason for personal trainers and the multitude of fitness help online and offline today. So, in this episode, we'll be covering different ways to make these good habits stick. We are more likely to repeat an action or behavior when the experience is satisfying or rewarding. The same goes for the opposite. If an experience is less satisfying, then we have little to no reason to repeat it. Positive emotions cultivate habits, and negative emotions destroy them. So the key to making habits stick is associating good emotions with it, which is definitely easier said than done. So how do we do this? The trick is in immediate satisfaction. Kind of like the feeling you get after the sugar from a sweet touches your tongue, or the feeling of excitement you get when Netflix asks you if you want to watch another episode of a show that you just watched that was really, really good. But you're probably wondering, hey, wait a sec, didn't we just learn in the past few episodes that building sustainable good habits is in direct relation to delaying instant gratification and focusing on the journey instead? 
As humans, we need to get used to getting satisfied with the journey because most good things in life are delayed. Well, we get it. And we're going to explain how all this works in just a second. It's actually quite interesting to note how good and bad habits work. We all know that every action that we take has a consequence or cost, right? For bad habits, the consequence is usually delayed, whereas the rewards are immediate, just like how we explained with eating sweets. It tastes so good, and a reward is immediate, but the repetition of eating sweets is detrimental to our health. Short term, it's great, but long term, it's not. For good habits, it's the complete reverse. Immediate actions are not satisfying, but the ultimate outcome of these actions compounded feels really good. A nice way to think about it is the sweeter the first fruit of habit, the more bitter the later fruits. Our brain likes to work with instant gratification and not for making choices for the future you. This is the very reason why any action that gives you immediate pleasure should be questioned to see whether or not it aligns with your future you or the identity that you wish to become. But we all know this. We all know working out is hard. Eating whole foods and nutritional foods and vegetables in all our meals is hard. Resisting our phone before bed is hard. We know this. We know this approach is wise, but it's rarely the first thing that comes to mind when we're in the moment to make a decision. So how do we make habits stick? Well, you add a little bit of pleasure to habits that pay off in the long term and immediate pain to those that do not. And this means making yourself feel successful even if the smallest action is taken. Let's use working out as an example. When you first start off, before you can even start seeing any results, you need a reason to stay on track. You need a way to keep you excited in the now while your delayed rewards work in the background for the long term. So one way to do this is to create a loyalty program for yourself. This is the best way of reinforcement. Something like rewarding yourself with a massage or high-fiving a best friend or <laughs> even yourself, or, or something like a hot bath right after a workout works really great. Because you're going to start looking forward to this reward as if you deserve it. Just don't associate rewards like eating a donut after working out because that just works in conflict with your goals and your identity. Another method that works really well is what James Clear likes to call the paperclip strategy. It's something that's typically used by many sales teams after um, making a call. So each time they make a call, they put a paperclip into a jar to indicate the progress. And this works the same way with becoming fit. For every time that you come back from a workout, toss a paperclip in the jar. Or every time that you track your food after eating it, toss a paperclip in the jar. Or every time that you successfully avoid eating junk food that is outside your diet or your lifestyle, Toss a paper clip in the jar because you've done yourself a favor. Seeing visual measures provide us with the clear evidence of progress. And this works really well because it covers any blindness we might have of thinking that we're doing better than we actually are. The key here is to only do this for the most important habits, like having a jar per kind of habit that you're trying to create or break. This way, you get to see after time how well you're doing. 
And the signal of moving forward is what gets us motivated to keep going and getting that momentum. And, and then it helps us really focus on the process or the journey of getting your reps in and not the desired result. As long as you record this measurement immediately after a habit, it'll remove the feeling of doing an extra task every time. The only thing that you should be aware of is, and it's something that a lot of us can get caught up in, is that these measurements should never act like targets. It should only be used as feedback and motivation. Just because you can measure something, it doesn't mean it's the most important thing. Recording your weight, for example, on a daily basis, really does no good to your motivation because your weight is like one of those things that can fluctuate and give you a wrong impression of progress and hence affect your motivation. If you check your weight every day and you don't see your desired results, you're going to feel like nothing's working. So it's a bad measurement. A better thing you can measure is even things that are intangible, like how do you feel or your, the amount of energy that you have after completing a workout routine. When I work out, I use an app called Strong, and it's one of the cleanest looking tracking apps that I've found. Once you set up your workout routine, and you start that routine when you go to the gym, you can log in every set the moment you complete it. And over time, you get to see your progress per exercise and see just how far you've come after all that logging is done. And it is super satisfying. I use the same technique for tracking my food macros using MyFitnessPal, and I can see if I'm on par with my diet. And honestly, while these things were very hard to start in the beginning, these tasks of tracking have become intrinsic to me because now I love the feeling of seeing daily progress and seeing my data in charts over time. Nothing beats feeling good from seeing how far you've come over time. Once you have intrinsic rewards like feeling good and feeling more energy come in, you'll become less concerned with the secondary rewards like needing a massage since the identity of who you are becomes your reinforcer. This just goes to show that the more a habit becomes a part of your life through repetition, the less you need outside encouragement to follow through. Incentives start a habit, but identity, it sustains it. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll be diving into accountability and your environment. Also, if you like the music that you heard on this podcast, definitely check out musicbed.com for more. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're hearing this right now. This is 66 Days, the podcast.